Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Welcome everybody into the podcast. For all those joining us, our long-term listeners and our new ones, we we welcome you to Prodigal and the Priest. Make sure to, uh, I was going to say give us a follow. We don't have a page to follow, but <laughs> I, uh, I thought you were going to say subscribe. Subscribe to our, <laughs> to our Patreon where we make money doing things. Now, um, make sure to submit those questions. Keep those coming. Love seeing those. You can do that one of two ways. You can email us directly at prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com or you can go to stamparish.org slash ptp and submit your burning questions that are eating up at you. <laughs> you could just say questions. Nope. Burning uh, questions. Right. So two things before we jump into cool. today, today's topic. Exciting news for our listeners, because I know they're worried about this, is I looked at our fantasy football league, and we are both in the playoffs. Are we? Guaranteed. I was trying to figure it out because we're playing each other this week. We're playing each other this week. And last year, this I... happened too. I don't know how <laughs> the stars keep aligning that last year I lost, didn't make the playoffs. Oh, I've for- been holding. I forget what happened last year. Oh, like It was you? a tight end or something. Some some nobody who for you put up like 55 points. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably not even going to play this week. Right. Now, but now. All my people are injured. Yeah, only I was going to say. Only on my team. I was going to say, I am so excited that all your people are injured, okay? Not for them personally. Per- them personally, I hope they get better, yada, yada, yada. But also, I wondered about the moral like culpability on my soul for fantasy football when okay. I'm willingly wishing harm upon football players' lives. <laughs> Against the people I'm playing. Like, do you think I need to confess that? Am I an accomplice because I'm laughing? (laughs) Is that a way of cooperating in your evil? You know, Um, like, uh, but I'm not going to lie. When I saw that Darren Waller, Aaron Jones, Jones. uh, DeAndre Swift, all those guys, like, I was like, wait, Father Paul has them. Wait, Just just so you all know, I've had a great team. I've barely had to do okay. anything on the waiver. You wire. fell into a great team also. <laughs> you drafted sure. James Conner, with us yeah. <laughs> and immediately after you said, I regret my whole Pirates remorse. Yeah, it, it you, you were like, I regret everything I just did. And then you're not even pay attention to the waiver wires. You're not like us people that have to oh, no. scrap and fight and make no, our I'm way in. in. I'm in it. I have neglected many responsibilities. Are you happy now? I've neglected <laughs> All my vocation director responsibilities no, for the sake of like crunching the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I drafted so well, I didn't really need the waiver wire too much. Yeah. What's even more awkward for me <laughs> is, you know, my wife is, I believe, in first place. She is. So, I mean, that would be real awkward is if we face each other in the playoffs. And then it's like, well, I have to hope that she wins for her, you know, you know like... For her benefit, but then it's like... Yeah, I'll, I'll knock you out of the playoffs before oh, you get to her. Don't okay, worry. well, you can't knock me out yet because we both made the playoffs <laughs> and we're probably not going to face each other in the first round. But who knows? You never know. You never know. Um, so what I really hope is because of your injuries, I think there's a small percentage that I could still get a first round bye if I beat you and Jacob loses. And then, oh then I'm guaranteed... 
you know, I've just one been of the on top the slide. Four spots. I'm like the Cowboys, just sliding my way yeah. into the playoffs. I mean, I can't tell you how many depressed Cowboy fans I saw on Thanksgiving. It was rough. And I kind of had a half smile, but then, you know, but then the Eagles lost to the Giants. So <laughs> that went away real quick, yeah. folks. So get, get rid of Jason Garrett. All of a sudden, the Giants are just, as, just uh, a, the beast of the offensive, East. <laughs> offensive behemoth. Yeah, exactly. But in contrary to Juggernaut. everything you're That's going through on your team, and I, I know we've already lost about all our listeners who listen to us for yeah. theology, but they've, hey. been, they've been so desperate for another podcast episode. And now yeah. it's just fantasy. Football. Yeah. And now we're just deep diving, but <laughs> I will say this, you know, Zeke Elliott, who's on my team is like possibly going to get rested and you know, he has a knee mm-hmm. and all this. And I'm like, I have nobody else. Well then Dalvin cook goes down and I have the backup to Dalvin Alexander cook. Madison. I was looking at him. Yes. Just earlier. And I was like, Alexander Hamilton. right. So I always think of that drop when I think of that guy's <laughs> name, Alexander Madison. But yes, I was like, I am, I have him and I almost dropped him this past week. I was like, Dalvin cook's not going to get hurt now. I just need I, it. I was going to try and trade for him. And give you like Aaron Jones or somebody like, mm. oh, he's going to come back and be, mm. Mm. yeah, mm. I'll pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So, um, okay. So I wanted to jump into two things. Maybe you can address the first. We had our friend Jack. Everybody knows Jack. Mm. I think everybody knows Jack. Jack was on that podcast, a uh, very yeah. popular one where he talked about the, um, I almost said the Latin, right? The, the stuff. The stuff with <laughs> the his stuff and the faith. Um, Byzantine Jack. Yeah, the Byzantine, the Byzantine Jack. Right. Let's just call him Byzantine Jack. All right. And Jack, I know you're listening because you wrote in about something we said, but <laughs> think about a drop. We need to give you a drop. I think Jack is, he's he's a staple enough that we need to give him a drop. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I just, I don't know what that would be. But, I mean, maybe he wants Hamilton. Maybe he wants something like that. I don't know. You know him. But. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I want you to address this first. So, Jack wrote yeah. in to us because, remember, there's a question about, hey, what happened to the gold frankincense and myrrh? Mm, yeah. And so, we are going to try to have Jack on to talk a little bit more. But, could you just reiterate a little bit about what he mentioned? Mm, um. That the Byzantine rite actually holds up that they do know where. Yeah, he said, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we now know who runs this show, folks. <laughs> he said that uh, in the Byzantine rite, the tradition is that those gifts made their way to the monastery on Mount Athos, um, which is a very important, I know it sounds super generic, um, but like, a very important monastery <laughs> in the Byzantine rite. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. Uh, it's a very aesthetical, um, kind of very exclusive. It's hard to visit as well. Uh, when I was in Europe, there was some uh, some movements among the seminarians to try and go visit there, but they're not real keen on uh, Latin writers going over there because it's it's orthodox and they're they're not real real happy with the the romans um <laughs> nice nice yeah uh but i i've heard it's an amazing place to to go visit and 
uh, yeah, Jack said that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, according to tradition, are held there. Yeah, so maybe we'll get some more stories from him, but just wanted to update some of our listeners who heard that and took Father Paul's word that we don't know where it is. So, um, second. I don't know where it is. (laughs) He doesn't know where it is. Um, Before we jump into today's topic, um, just had a kind of a follow-up from a past episode. You know, we talked about um, the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops and... Um, them talking about uh, making the focus on the Eucharist and what to do on different things. Well, there's an article that came out um, that there is actually a vote. And and I just want to get your take on this as a priest. This is not in like you're giving a statement for the church, but um, the bishops decided on a vote to drop the effort to ban communion for politicians who support abortion rights. And the vote was 222 to 8. 222 to drop it, eight not to drop it. Mm. Any, I'll be honest, as a lay person, um, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, thoughts? Any thoughts? Yeah, uh, a couple thoughts. First, it's important to distinguish like what exactly they're saying. They're not saying that they are changing the canons that would apply mm-hmm. in those situations because uh, they don't have that authority. They're saying that they don't want to issue a collective statement reaffirming those canons. So they're not saying that if you felt, and I'm not saying you would do this or not, but if you had a a politician that, you know, uh, supported supported abortion, you knew this, they're not saying that you can't not give that person communion, right? They're not saying you, Father Paul. they're They're saying that they want it to be the purview of the bishop for his diocese and the pastor for his parish uh, yeah. in coordination with the bishop of his diocese. Um, they're, what they're saying is that we could make a sort of united public statement together as bishops of the United States, mm-hmm. um, but we don't want to do that right now. And yeah, I, I get that there's some dissatisfaction with that. Um, yeah, what does a person do that's dissatisfied? Because I got a text from a friend, just kind mm-hmm. of I, irate, um, maybe not irate, but just being like very upset and just being like, you know, this just goes, uh, you know, what Mother Angelica said, that it's the laity that's going to save the church and different things and quoting all these things and just, just like, mm-hmm. this is just another way the church has let us down, you know, as the scandal in the past. And now it's things like this, like how can we trust... And I tried to like just be like, hey, let's just take a breath here. You know, mm-hmm. first off, it's not saying that the priest and the bishop don't have authority within their diocese to decide something. But yeah, it's not saying that we don't care about the Eucharist, right? Um, so, all right. But is so that I, a cop I out on our end? You know, well, to be like, well, I we still care. I wasn't there in the meeting, and I also don't know. <laughs> Wait, you weren't there? <laughs> yeah. With the United States Catholic (laughs) Conference of Bishops? You weren't there? I wasn't there. Um, But, all right. This is is my take on these kind of things. And I think it's a good take. Um, I don't think it's being naive or burying my head in the sand. Should I give like a little like hot take? Yeah. There you go. little uh, ESPN. ESPN. (laughs) Breaking Um, news. Hot take from (laughs) Father Paul. 
everything about canon law and really everything about our disciplinary measures um, in the faith is about the salvation of souls, right? That's that's the last canon. Canonists like to always say, right? <laughs> like throw that one in 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 your face. Um, it's all about the salvation of souls, and there are. I don't know. There are different ways to go about that. Sometimes you need a prophetic voice that just is a hammer out there. <laughs> just like a Maccabee. Yeah. Throwing down the exactly. hammer. Yeah. You're, you're bringing that back up. Bringing it back name. up. Yeah. Kid name. Little Max Cancel. Which by the way, to our listeners, in case you don't know, my wife is pregnant. So yeah. Congratulations. You already knew. Okay. Get out of here. <laughs> So, Not yeah. on the air, but yeah. on the air. <laughs> on the air, congratulations. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's Maybe wonderful. this. For- <laughs> My wife is pregnant. <laughs> Boom, ba-dum. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting baby number four in uh, May. So, yes. Mm. Pray for Nikki because she's the one who <laughs> has to deal with the pregnancy. <laughs> right. So and But now it starts over again. I'm just derailing the whole Eucharist train right now. <laughs> it starts over the Stella. Comp- we got to bring it back. I am trying to get the little kids on it in my house. I'm like, hey, wouldn't you like a baby Stella? So we can talk about that later. It's but important. Go, yeah, it's important. But yeah. And I, ha- I have a yeah. statement to you it's, also. Um, not to you, but yeah, to yeah, the people. I'll, I'll try and be concise. It's about the, the salvation of souls. Sometimes the salvation of souls requires, especially to prevent scandal, that we speak in a very strong, impossible to misunderstand, clear way. Yeah. Example? Other, is there an example that comes to mind of that? Uh, denouncing certain positions. I don't know. Like yeah. den- denouncing the... I, I'm thinking like early councils. Yeah, that's what... Council Trent, different ones, <laughs> Yeah, right? earlier than yeah. that, too. I was thinking Nicaea. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah making a very clear statement that this is what we believe because there's a lot of confusion out there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when people get disappointed in what they they see as inaction of the bishops, right? they should should kind of take a look at like why they're disappointed. Um, Is it for their sake? Is it for the sake of the salvation of souls of others? Which it might be. or is there something of a, I want to smash my enemies? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is there. It's it's there in all of us. We want to like see the things we love do well and flourish. And when something is attacking it or, yeah. or, crippling, or crippling it, like we we want to vanquish that. Yeah. But we have to remember like politicians have souls <laughs> um, and the people who follow them have souls. And like the salvation of souls is a complex thing. And so... I, I really don't think in holding up that principle mm-hmm. that I'm just copping out. Yeah. Saying like, nah, no, this matters. You you never have to make a stand or anything. I'm just saying like, I don't know. Maybe there's something more to so many of the bishops saying this is not the right time for that kind of a statement. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hurt in the world right now. And it's like, there is a wanna, lot of hurt. Do we want to lean into it more? So and if I'm, and, I'm and, not using that as a cop out either. Yeah. And just to give you an example, like, I would hope that what's underneath this is a desire 
to take care of this on a local level, right? The good that would come from a public statement, maybe, I'm just hypothesizing, right. is, is not worth the public statements, I don't know, blowback or the public statements effect on people who are on the fence. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're thinking there's a better way to address this, uh, which is normally always the case right. uh, in personal conversation. If there were a notorious, and that's an important canonical category, it sounds yeah. just like a funny word. Notorious but, B.I.G., the but rapper. Like, but like if there were a politician at my parish, if I were at a parish, um, who was notorious, like a very public figure, very public supporter of something against the faith and was also publicly asserting himself as Catholic, Mm -hmm. that would be an important time for the pastor to have a conversation with him. Yeah, And that's how this thing should be taken care of because you're trying to convert his heart. Yeah. You're not just trying to smash him down. Yeah. If... If it, I mean, it's kind of a last measure, right? right? To like drop the hammer for the sake of, or, or I don't know, I guess you could say like amputate the, uh, that's a strong word too. <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to say like, like if something's sick, you want to try and heal it before you cut it off. Yeah. And if the infection is so grave that you're afraid it's going to, yeah, to, poison the rest of the body, Yeah. then maybe you need to look at severe measures. Yeah. But that's a last resort. Yeah. And I understand if people feel like we're at that last resort, but it seems like the bishops who do have a different perspective don't feel like we are. That and and I, I want to yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and say that yeah. like they think there's a better pastoral strategy. And I just think it goes down to people are still hurt over, you know, the way the scandal was you know, uh, approached, um, the way I, I just don't think they have a ton of trust in the relationship yeah. with the bishops. And so then they're just like now seeing numbers. Okay, great. Our parish has come back in strong numbers, right? St. Anne's has come at, notice. I said our parish still, even though you've left us. I say um, it too. I say we all the time talking good. about St. Anne's. Um, St. Anne's we've brought back numbers in a large way. Mm-hmm. I think almost 6,000 this past weekend, which I think pre-COVID we were like 7,200 or something like that. So we're getting real close compared to other parishes, though, that are still decimated post-COVID. Half their numbers, 30% of their numbers. I think what you have left are these people that are just like, but we're the real remaining faithful Catholics, and we want, like, yeah. they, they want, I think it's it's so long being kind of, this sounds really dramatic. Just like, like talking about like walking through the wilderness and oppressed and everything like that. But I think through the scandal, through different things, like Catholics aren't put in the best light in the media oh, yeah. and all Not different all. things. And I think they're like, fine, like you want to put us as the villain? Let's just fully embrace it. <clears throat> I think some want that. I will say this is kind of a last thought and then. Usually you have a last thought. Yeah, I'll have have another last thought for sure. If people are this upset, I I would just say, like, I would encourage them. Like, are they equally as upset of all the people that probably I see every weekend 
go up who shouldn't go up to communion. <laughs> they're family members. They're people visiting, like people that you can clearly see in the communion line do not have the reverence and or know what they're doing. Like it, it just doesn't seem like that passion always matches in the moment of saying like, if this is the source and summit and they're, <clears throat> they're using it as that, and just so angry at the bishops, but like kind of have a blind eye to what's happening that I see every weekend, yeah. you know? Um, so, so, you know, I, I just want to toss that out. It's like, are we like taking care of our own house first, you know, <laughs> before we're worried about what this, what a declaration would do or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. That's a good last thought, but my last thoughts, um, no, <laughs> my last, plural. last thought. <laughs> That's plural. Um, first, don't underestimate the effect that a saint can have. One saint can have on innumerable wives around him or her. Um, and what I mean by that is like, okay, if you can't control these other things, I, I'm not saying that they're good necessarily, but... Mm -hmm. You can't control them. It makes you feel powerless. You can kind of give into the anxiety spiral that happens when right. when you're completely absorbed in things that you can't control, or you can focus on what you can control, and that's your own sanctity. Right. That's your own call to be a disciple of Christ, and that's, I mean, that can have such an enormous impact on the conversion of others, even those that you don't see. Yeah. Um, and so. I mean, that's that's where you focus. Um, but you do that with a missionary spirit as mm. well. Like we're we're called to be apostolic, not right. just the bishops. Right. Um, and we're living in a time and a set of circumstances where there there's not always a clear safe refuge or kind of like ideal society to yeah. retreat to. Um we have to be missionary. Yep. Uh, and so I guess I'm just saying the same thing as Mother Angelica, <laughs> kind of. But <laughs> but like, I don't know. I What else is there to do? And also... You're the same as Mother Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, put myself in good company. I, guess. I noticed if you uh, actually, if you were to say our names, like in Italian, <clears throat> and you're like, oh, you ever heard of that uh, Saint Giuseppe Scancella? Like, you know, like, like people <laughs> yeah. would never like bat an eye. They'd be like, oh no, like, yeah. like Giuseppe oh. Scancella. <laughs> Paolo. Paolo. Paolo Becte. <laughs> yeah, Italians didn't do well with my last you're, name. You're, I was like, yours <laughs> doesn't work as well. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So um, good thoughts. Um, what I wanted to jump into because um, either you're listening to this during Advent or at some point um, around Advent. Um, okay, I might. We did an episode in the past on how it was like, kind of like don't put up your Christmas decorations. I think I went hard on that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm recanting. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm all about like, let's light up the town they're, starting the day after Halloween. And this is why. So they're, they're really great. They're <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, <laughs> no, I, I totally we were just as bad as the USCCB <laughs> right here. I totally forgot that we, uh, Made such a strong stance about that. And I've just been finding myself like, 
I'll walk into a house where there's a Christmas tree. You love or it. I'll drive past a neighborhood, and I'm like, mm, this is nice. Yeah, this is I nice. Like this. I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, forget Thanksgiving. Let's let's still do the food. Great food, great friends. Yeah, let's forget it. Let's set up the tree. November first, <laughs> day after Halloween. Well. All Saints Day, right? Since we're we're real Catholics, and so, yeah. um, but I wanted to read this little uh, snippet from our Sabbath guide for Advent Week mm-hmm. One to just kind of lead us into it, and this is why kind of leads into my statement about let's all go for it. The liturgy, and this comes from uh, Saint John Paul II, general audience, uh, December eighteenth, two thousand two. The liturgy of Advent helps us to understand fully the value and meaning of the mystery of Christmas is not just about commemorating the historical event, which occurred some 2000 years ago in a little village of Judea. Instead, it is necessary to understand that the whole of our life must be an advent a vigilant awaiting of the final coming of Christ. Therefore, Advent is so to speak an intense training that directs us decisively towards him who already came, who will come and comes continuously. So that to me is like, let's do it, right? Let's, let's point people. If we use the lights, if we use the tree, right? Like, yeah, secular, secular world says, yeah, all those things though point towards consumerism and materialism and all these things. But I'm saying, if I light up my yard, I light up the house, I put the tree up and all that, but it points to something more. Why not do that? All? We should keep our trees up all year. We're, I, I'm going. I'm going hard turn here. All right, hard right do turn. It. Do you ever Just take it down? <laughs> really, only for Easter. <laughs> Maybe Lent. The Easter tree. Right. Such a well known tradition. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I just I've been reflecting upon this, especially with kids. If 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 I, if I want them to understand, this I feel like and you're just this, careening all over the like yeah. swinging back and yeah, forth. yeah. I gotta. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Driving. Like I, <laughs> I've. Uh, it is a unique time that. How do I explain it to my kids what we're doing with Advent if they don't see the symbolism around? Like we just started something that we used to do as kids. Um, my parents started, um, and they didn't come up with it. They probably read it in a book or something, but we had this little manger scene and they would buy or get a little bit amount of real hay. And every time we did an act of good deed, you know, like, uh, you'd have to, you know, put the hay in the manger so mm-hmm. that it's like, Hey, Jesus was placed in a feeding hey. trough. Hey, um, <laughs> gee, I wish I had a horse drop right here or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Do that again. No. Okay. Um, every time we did a good deed, you know, uh, and an act of service, we wouldn't say publicly what it was, but we just place a piece of hay in the manger in hopes that, you know, it would provide some comfort or relief for the little statue of baby Jesus that you're going to place in there on yeah. Christmas day. And my wife brilliantly found a little thing uh, that they make that looks a lot cooler now that we're doing that with our own kids. Now, it's kind of funny that it's like, hey, I said you're nice to a person and they want to put a piece of hay in. But it's it's the principle and the idea that they see like, hey, Jesus is going to go in this and it's not going to be very comfortable if... There's no hay. What are you thinking about? I'm sorry, right you now? just keep starting a sentence with hay. Hey, <laughs> just hey. 
Hey. And they're like, hey. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't derail. We should bring in all the hey references. Like, what was the chicken in yeah, Moana? Just make a super cut of all your hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> There's a chicken in Moana named hey, hey. What's Moana? Okay. Never mind. Mm. So, yes. I, I think that's awesome. It reminds me of a thing that St. Therese would do when she was a little little girl. Uh, her parents, like, like basically said the same thing. Um, it pleases God when we do good things. And so let's <laughs> do good things, and you can have kind of a holy competition about it. And I know that, like, something like that could get out of hand, and you could start priding yourself on your own merits and forgetting that it's all due to God's grace and right. stuff like that. But there's also a good way to do it. And I think that kids are not likely to, to get puffed up <laughs> with pride in their, in their own actions. They're, they're much more likely with, I guess, I don't really know kids that well, but, um, <laughs> but, they're, or at all. but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I would think they're much more likely to like do something and then look at their parents looking for their approval. Right. Right. And so if this helps them like do something and then look to God, for approval and feel affirmed that I, I don't know. It's, it seems like training virtue. That's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Um, and St. Therese had a little bracelet or something. I forget where she would like just sort of move it around to, hmm. to keep count of like the little good, good things that she did. Yeah. Um, and I think she had a little kind of competition with her sisters and stuff. Really? Yeah. I forget the details Man. of it exactly, but it was not nuns like sister competition. That's probably intense. Yeah, but this is when she was like five. Uh, oh, you meant <laughs> like, sister, like no Saint, Saint biological. Therese. Oh. Yeah, with her. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. confusing with her because like all her sisters basically entered the same convent. Did they? And then, I don't think I knew that. And then she entered with them, so her biological sisters were also her religious sisters. Okay. Have you ever thought about that? Would it be weird if you had a brother in seminary and a priest? Yeah. Or you're like, oh no, that uh, would be cool. I've I've run across brothers in seminary or brothers who are priests and sometimes they're in different dioceses or once in a religious order or something like that. And sometimes mm. they're in the same place. We have two guys from St. Anne who are in Clear Creek right now as monks, the Garrities. Oh, that's um, right. The Brothers Garrity. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the book. What's yeah, that? Yeah, the book? Brothers K. Karamazov. Yeah. Um and yeah, I've, I've talked with, with people before. I don't, I don't know. I never thought about it for myself. I think it'd be cool. Another Father Bechter. Yeah, I can, there can only be one. There can only <laughs> be one. So yeah, I, I just think that, um, and and if you have never looked at our Sabbath guide, guide I would highly encourage you, you go to our website. I'm going to walk you through it because sometimes people are like, I can't find it, whatever. Type in stainandparish.org. You click on worship at the top, a little drop down menu comes and you click Sabbath guide. And you there can hear you hear that see, he's actually doing it. Too, yeah. Like I'm, his I'm computer's making noises. Just walking everybody through this. Very so, professional. Um, you go, you click on this and I love it because, um, and I'm going to toot St. Anne's horn and I have nothing to do with this. So like all the people that work very hard, but it gives an awesome way to, per- I have no idea what keeps on. <laughs> Beeping. Okay. Um, it gives an awesome way. It gives recommendations for preparing at home. And it's not going into, hey, don't decorate. One of them is 
literally says Christmas tree. Consider decorating your Christmas tree gradually to signify the waiting and anticipation of Advent. Mm. You know, so it's not saying, hey, don't celebrate Christmas. Don't watch the great cookie decoration competition on Food Network. You ever see that? Incredible show. Not the Great British Bake Off. No, but it's kind of like that with just Christmas cookies. And like, so they do like all different Christmas cookies and it, like the pioneer woman is on it. You know her? Yeah. Renee Drummond. Do. do you? I guess I'm not ashamed to admit. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll come over to your house. And oh yeah. You'll be watching. Nikki it, will be watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out yeah. Nikki. All right. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I've just done a, a hard tilt on this and just saying, let's do it. Let's go all in and really point people to the reason the reason for the season. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's sort of like walking into to preaching mode a little bit when he starts throwing out the cliches. <laughs> That's right. And there's a few other ways. Uh, I will give some more shameless plugs. Um, we have Venite, which is our courtyard festival. Um, so every Saturday of Advent, we do something that kind of helps people prepare. So this Saturday... We're talking about the star, I think, the star of Bethlehem <laughs> and the journey of the Magi um, put on by our Magi um, uh, ministry and then showing a movie, The Star. Um, and then we're having a celebration um, related to Our Lady of Guadalupe the following week. And then on the 18th, Youth Ministry and Children's Ministry is doing a uh, live interactive nativity with a little petting zoo afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it'll be fun. But I really just want to encourage people, especially the parents, it can be tough to balance this season because your kids are excited. They want to talk about presents. They want to talk about different things. And sometimes we can just say, and I was there last year. Be like, no, we got to focus on being thankful and Thanksgiving and this and that. Like, we can incorporate all those things and still prepare our homes and prepare for the birth of Christ. Okay, related to Christmas, hot take. What are what are your feelings on in general vigil masses? You big fan or wow. not really? Hard shift. Well, I say that because <clears throat> so many. Okay, this is where I'm coming from. Because, like, vigil has to do with candle and you're thinking lights. No. and okay. I saw <laughs> a church, a, a, a non-denominational church, mm. which just has to do with this specific issue of Christmas. It is very common in non-denominational churches, some, and I, if anybody's listening out there and this wasn't your case, okay, you don't have to email me and correct me. But I've at least seen with some friends that I have that are non-denominational or go to non-denominational churches. They, the church is not open on Christmas day. Like the focus is Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah. Well, I saw a few that are now doing like the Eve of Christmas Eve. So you could go (laughs) Christmas Eve, Eve (laughs) or Christmas Eve. Cause that way you can clear the decks and then you can go to one side of the family on on Christmas Eve. I don't know. And the other side. Yeah. Now it's not getting in the way of Christmas Eve (laughs) presents. I don't know. Um, I hate it so much. (laughs) I will be honest. There's been a a good portion of our lives just because of youth ministry and working on Sundays that our two masses we would have gone to the most are the 5 p.m. vigil 
um, if like I was going straight from an, a youth mass into an event or something like that, or the youth mass on Sunday. So during the year, that's one thing. But, you know, if, if we're saying this is that important, put up your decorations, tell people the reason why. But then we're saying, yeah, but we can't stop on Christmas Day and actually go to mass. We have to get it out of the way Christmas Eve. And I know I'm putting words into people people's mouth and they get mad at that. But I'm like, that's what it kind of feels like. Let's get it out of the way yeah. so we can have a relaxing Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, you you geared up for the whole like reason. Like you did everything up to that, but it's like, no, let's get it out of the way. And I know, like I said, I know people are going to have a fit with that, but because I know, I, yeah, I don't know. Initial thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've thought about this every time Christmas comes around. I just since. alienated an entire, all our listeners. Yeah. Basically everybody. We lost the only people <laughs> that stayed through the fantasy football are now have left because of this statement. So, well, I mean, it's, it's really shocking as still a, a relatively new priest, um, five years a priest, but two years in a parish, and um, just seeing seeing how the very first possible mass on Christmas Eve is overwhelmingly packed, and everything else is pretty sparse. Um, right, because last year we had that weird experience, of, yeah, of like the super early one. Yeah, what what was it here? Like one, three, and five. Yeah. yeah, and then we had it a was 7 p.m. To, to Spanish. space it out more because of COVID concerns. Um, but the one was like packed. Yeah, last year. And and yeah, we were actually discussing like, are people is that too early? Are people going to come? And and it was the same thing. Like before, it was the 4 p.m. or whatever. But um, it seems like the earliest possible one is super full, and everything else after that is kind of chill. And it's hard not to think that that's motivated by wanting to clear the decks. And there's mm-hmm. a, one of my friends when we were in seminary um, had just a really, I don't know, this phrase. He said he was talking to a family about it and just noting that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being like, what do y'all think? Like, how do you see Christmas Day? And they're like, well, Christmas is a family holiday, not a religious holiday. And... I thought that was really interesting because like it definitely, you know, it definitely is a religious holiday and they weren't. Where did they come up with that though? I don't know. That was just, they, they weren't trying to like provoke deny, or deny be offensive. their religion yeah, 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 or, yeah. or be defensive. Even they were just saying like, oh, I guess that's, that's how I see it. Like priorities on Christmas are family. And second priority is like the whole religious part of it. Um, and you and, were like, oh, yeah, you like the family of God, right? <laughs> I, I wasn't there. <laughs> no, I my, my friend was was recounting this to me. But I thought like that's that's so interesting because the family side of it is so beautiful. And so it, like, yeah. I have really good memories as a kid of like Christmas morning with all the family around and then like go to Grammy's house or something yeah. later in the day. And like like that's a it's a really strong tradition and yeah. a beautiful thing for a lot of people, but I think it's also easy to kind of edge Christ out of it. Yeah. Like so let me ask this here. Did you guys, cause you guys, I mean, grew up Catholic, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not like we also you lived have... in Bermuda. So it was a little different. Like, right. Was there a vigil? Did you, would you go to a vigil? Do you remember Ooh. that type of 
thing as a kid? I remember going Christmas Day with my family. I think we would go Christmas Day, but I'm not sure why. I'm not sure about our reasoning, whether it was like, like sanctify the day or it was just like, I don't know, this time works well for us. I'm we not, have to bring mama and papa back yeah, yeah, on get, to the podcast. Get them and on get and them. be like, 20 years ago, give us your reasons. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. And how weird was Father Paul? Back then, we'll get them to like tell uh, an account of you as a child. They'll be right. like, "Yes, he was using incense as I was, a child." I was the perfect child. <laughs> oh, okay. You know the stories of the child saints, the hagiographies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, th- this is my thought about it. Yeah. Um, I've I I like to relate this kind of thing back to the Sabbath day, as as kind of a symbol of wanting to put God first. Right. Knowing that like there's a a real need to put him first. But also like how do you how do you balance it all? How do you prioritize it? How do you balance it? And um I think that also relates to our daily prayer time. If we can see that as like a mini Sabbath for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, is it something that we're that we prioritize, yeah. or something that gets kicked to the the side more often than not? Like, mm. like it's the same temptation and the same dynamic with your daily prayer as it is with keeping the Sabbath as a right. holy day, as it is with keeping something like Christmas uh, as a holy day. Mm-hmm. We're not saying spend the whole day in the church, but we are saying, I don't know. It seems like good things happen when you give God the first fruits of your time, yeah, and your attention, and that involves sacrifice, right? Um, but it's also how we're made, right? Um, in, yeah. in our relationship with Him, and so right. like it's I don't know. It's I would love to hear some of the naysayers if you write into us and say because I'm just curious of it, R- true curiosity, not not being a punk or anything, but really saying. Okay, if you make the 24th Christmas Eve a priority and you go and you keep that sacred, what do you do, though, on actual Christmas Day to bring that back mm-hmm. if not going to Mass? I would love to hear people's like, and, and I'm talking more than just like, oh, yeah, we say a prayer at, you know, yeah, meal <laughs> when prayer. we eat. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, for us, like I've just never found another way to be able to say as a family, this is important. We want to focus on this even though you just opened your presents, you guys are excited, this and that. Like we're going to pause here and we're going to go to church and yeah. we're going to just celebrate that Jesus was born today. Um, yeah. So on this exact day, December 25th. <laughs> this exact day at this exact time. So so here's, we're not saying like you need to, to go to three different masses, like no. go to a vigil to sanctify that day and then go to right. midnight mass and then go to Christmas day. Like, like and there are I guess there's reasons why you might choose any of them, but yeah. I think that the takeaway here is like, how do you put God first on that day? I've seen a lot of Christmases start off great <laughs> with the family thing, and then devolve into like video game binge, um, or food binge, or <laughs> drinking binge, or like just sort yeah. of devolve into. A nothing day, a couch day. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't seem like a great way to sanctify the day. Right. Just like it's not a really great way to 
to sanctify the Sabbath day um, by laying on the couch and watching golf all day right. and being like, well, this is how I relax, right? Like there's there's probably something, something yeah. better we can give to God. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, because so the, the argument... creativity is fine. And like, and mass is not the only... The only way, right? Right. Um, but what makes it okay for people to go on sun, Easter Sunday, right? Because more more go to Easter Sunday than the vigil, right? Yeah. Like, why is it because there's no presents related, and well, they the don't want to stop? Really long. Maybe if we made so the Easter vigils, you had a one p.m. <laughs> short <laughs> Easter vigil <laughs> where you just came in. Hey, we're gonna baptize you immediately. Everybody leave. <laughs> No, I'm thinking if we made all the vigil masses on Christmas Eve, like as long as the Easter vigil, mm. I think we'd see a shift. Do you think you would though, or would you just lose people? You'd probably just lose people. Just, unless we did. So what we're proposing to the USCCB mm-hmm. is a Christmas Eve Eve. <laughs> that's Take what away. we're doing. If you take nothing else away from this, uh, that's that. our pastoral solution. That's our pastoral solution. No, but seriously, if if you have a way of keeping Christ at the center on Christmas and it's not um, either starting or centered around the mass, we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear those uh, creative ideas. Um, for those, like I said, if you haven't checked out our Sabbath guide, please make sure to check out our Sabbath guide and keep those questions coming in because we might directly answer them in here in season two, but we also might gear a whole podcast episode around it. If we yeah. get enough around certain topics, you know, we have it that people ask certain things over and over and it's like, yeah, we need to address this as a topic. So I think, I think that'll probably do it, right? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So... See you on Christmas Eve Eve. That's right. <laughs> on behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Becker, we want to say take care. God bless. Christmas Eve Eve. The best. We'll, we'll trademark it. Christmas Eve Eve. There's got to be a better name for it.